Discovery, go at throttle up. Discovery 4 computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Transmission coming in from the Starfleet Escape Podcast. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode 101 and is being recorded on August 16th, 2019. Today's topic, Lessons from Star Trek. I'm Eric Berry. And I'm Aaron Gallo. This episode is sponsored by Revenge Lover Designs and Illustration. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Hello, Mr. Barry. Hello, Mr. Gallo. How's it going? It's uh, going great. I am so pumped for Star Trek. Aren't we all? It's uh, an amazing time, which we uh, discussed last time with all, all the news. I feel like we're entering a new golden age. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that we we did the milestone of 100 episodes. So now it just feels like the future is, is ours for the taking. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go boldly into the future. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so we do have some new news this week. Oh, some new news. Some new news. I love new news. So one thing that we were talking about last time was how Lower Decks, we were worried that maybe it would be too much like Rick and Morty. It seems like the only similarities will be the characters will be allowed to be funny. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it sound like Star Trek doesn't like their characters to be funny. And that's not true. We've seen Star Trek yeah. characters... Be funny in the past. We had Data learning to be funny or trying to learn to be funny, mm-hmm. and characters that are unintentionally funny, mm-hmm. like Data. Right. It's situational. Right. Yeah. This is cool. I mean, I'm I'm still a fan of Rick and Morty, and I oh me too. I don't mind if it's somewhat similar to Rick and Morty. I'm okay with that. Yeah, like I I like the animation style. It does have a very Rick and Morty type feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's really going to jump the shark when they do an eventual crossover episode with them. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I can feel I can feel that. But no, like just all the elements that they've shown us so far, it looks like it's geared for a more humorous approach to the Star Trek franchise and mm-hmm. I like it when Star Trek can be a little bit self-referential and make fun of itself in a way. I mean, there's some right. ridiculous things that happen in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really excited for Lower Decks. We haven't got any actual animation portion of it. I don't right. think we've even seen the ship yet. No, we haven't. But I'm I'm excited for it because it just feels like we're getting so much new content and all of it is different and this really feels like modern and this isn't this isn't the only animated series that will be new because there's that nickelodeon project that's also in the works right right so i'm i'm really excited for animated track for live action track for uh movie track which we'll Mm -hmm. talk about in a bit and, and like you, I think we mentioned it last time, 
when we were talking about fatigue from having so much Star Trek, the fact that it's spaced out and everything is so different. Right, right. And Discovery had more of that, like, ship-based feel to it, Mm -hmm. but it was telling a serialized story that Deep Space Nine did so well. And a little bit more more mature with the streaming platform. And now Picard, that's going to feel tonally different because that's more of a like coming of age. Well, I don't want to say coming of age. He is of age. <laughs> like taking a look at more of an introspective mm-hmm. view. But right. it's, it's like we're still getting some cool Star Trek, like the Borg and right. Seven of Nine. And... I'm just, I'm so excited for all of this. This whole summer of news from San Diego Comic-Con and just all the announcements that they've made, I am, I think I'm more excited for Star Trek than I've ever have been. Right. To be honest. I agree. It's going to be amazing. Oh my God. Just freaking Hugh and Seven of Nine and Borg and Picard and Data and my God, it's like. Uh, it just feels like my childhood growing up with these characters and it, it's going to feel like a family reunion. Right. It's like we're, we're going home. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Why is that interesting? <laughs> I don't know. But next up, moving on. This is pretty cool. Sandbox VR is releasing a full Star Trek VR experience called... Star Trek Discovery Away Mission, and it Ooh. will leverage full-body motion capture technology. Oh, wow. So it's coming to Hong Kong and San Francisco this fall. Ah, oh, damn it. Followed <laughs> by L.A., New York City, Austin, Texas, San Diego, and Chicago, and more in late 2019, more to follow in 2020. So I'm expecting you to go to this. I need to go to this. This sounds amazing. Yeah, they haven't announced anywhere near me yet, but I definitely want to go to this. It's pretty cool. Uh, VR uh, is amazing, but having the motion capture technology and being able to actually interact with objects in the VR environment sounds incredible. It's like a holodeck. I'm so excited for this. I I just I want to load up a phaser and just kick some butt. <laughs> Oh, there's a video here. Oh, I haven't even watched this. But wow, this is th- this is going to be cool, I think. Yeah. I mean, have you used or played Star Trek Bridge Crew? Uh, unfortunately, I have not yet. I do, I do not have a VR system. Uh, my buddy Zach does. He was showing me a little bit of uh, VR stuff, but uh, I have not actually done like, a VR Star Trek thing yet. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty cool. I have um, played it, and actually, I don't know if the update has gone to other systems, but on the PS4, they removed the VR requirement, so you can play it as a regular game. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So, I have two friends that don't have VR, but they have the game, and they've played with me through multiplayer. Well, I'll have to see if that kind of update is on the Xbox version. Because I don't have a PlayStation. Mm. I don't know if there's an Xbox version. I think it's on... Well, 
enough. <laughs> I think it's PS4, like Oculus, uh, mm-hmm. and something else. Because it, it was made to be a VR experience, and unfortunately, Xbox doesn't have VR. So I looked at the trailer. The trailer was pretty cool. They took, essentially, made it look like the Discovery intro, mm-hmm. but with their assets. And it says, coming to a sandbox VR near you. I didn't know that that was a thing. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I want to see where this is in, in Chicago. Wow, their website's pretty cool. But I'm I'm really excited for this. I would I would love to do Star Trek virtually. Oh, Chicago coming soon. So I don't even think the location is mm. well, maybe I'll sign up for early access. There you go. It says late twenty nineteen in Chicago, so they well, have a couple of it's, months. Yeah, it's coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> if any of you happen to play this let us know because i'm dying to know how awesome this is yeah i would really love to check this out this sounds really cool it's open in california and in two locations in california right now okay actually let me see how much how much it is (laughs) (laughs) let's see how much so let's say we had four guests Mm -hmm. uh i'm just gonna pick a date and time i guess holy <laughs> uh, sorry, you're gonna have to bleep that. Uh it's like forty-eight bucks a person wow. for a session. Yeah. Let me see if that changes if you just have two people, like if the rate goes up or something. Ooh, yeah. Holy cow, that's that's not great. Uh nope, it's nope, this is just forty-eight bucks a person. Okay. Well that better be a long game. <laughs> Right. Let me tell you that right now. Yeah, I was I was more excited about it before I heard the price, <laughs> but uh, I, I guess, guess you're paying for an experience. Yeah, make a day of it. I guess. Hopefully, or it's... an hour, whatever the booking is. Right. Um, hmm. Wait, actually, let me see how the times were spaced out. I really wasn't paying attention to that because if it's like a twenty minute thing, I don't. I don't know if that's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a 20 minute thing. Each Ooh. of these, each of these blocks are like 20 minutes long. Yeah. That's, mm. that's rough. Yeah. It's like $24 per 10 minutes. I, I'll have to see how this Star Trek thing plays out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if any of you go and do it, let us know if it's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so please spend your money before us. Yeah. <laughs> Or send me some money, and I'll yeah. I'll review it for you. That I'll do that. But uh, but hey, uh, s- speaking of another overpriced experience, uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture is coming back to theaters September fifteenth and eighteenth for the fortieth anniversary. Tickets can be purchased from Fathom Events website, and I found out that it is not the director's cut. It is the original, so it's not the remastered director's cut. So I don't know why you would even go to this. <laughs> <laughs> Nostalgia? It's boring. <laughs> uh, no, that uh, that is true. I don't know. I don't know if I want to see a 40-year-old movie in a movie theater. But see, I, I like the remastered director's cut. Like, it made mm-hmm. that movie better. I see. So... The fact that it's not the remastered director's cut 
that concerns me a bit. Right. Oh, uh, no. Like you said, it is a very boring movie. There's some gorgeous shots of the Enterprise. Yeah, but then when you got like a 10-minute slow-mo of them warping like, Mr. Spock. Oh, and the wormhole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the best part of the movie, though. <laughs> you and I watched a different movie. <laughs> so it's it's amazing that it's already 40 years uh, that yeah. the movie came out. Yeah, it's uh, we feel old. I feel old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... I think it would be fun. Yeah, it's another thing where you, if you're going to go, go with a bunch of people, I think. Because I think it's the companionship of that makes Star Trek great. You can share it with people. And, and I, I do want to take Teresa to this, but I'm like, it's, mm. a, it's a boring... I don't want her to like turn off a Star Trek movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you taken her to any of the other Fathom? No, because of her working. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. So, I don't know. This this might be a pass for me. But yeah. I love that there's more Star Trek Fathom events. I'm always down for those. Yeah. Except if it's a 40-year-old movie that wasn't the best in the franchise. <laughs> right. I'm sure there are people <laughs> that would argue that it is, but I don't know any of those people. Uh, n- neither do I. <laughs> But uh, finally, something that I think we've been hoping for for a long time. Yeah, since 2006. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, CBS and Viacom are merging. They're, co- they're coming back. Uh, the new company will be called Viacom CBS. Super inspired by that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Nickelodeon content will be coming to cbs all access which i'm excited about because i think that means that the animated star trek series on nickelodeon will be available on cbs all access thank god (laughs) (laughs) at least that's what i'm hoping yeah i'm just glad that it's all gonna be on one platform now it's very exciting i haven't played star trek timelines in a while but all of that is within the prime universe right are there any kelvin characters in that in what star trek timelines oh that's a good question i don't think there were actually right so i think this like opens that up Mm. so then you can have like you know chris pine kirk as a character since they're all now under one umbrella wow that's there's a lot of possibilities there yeah I think that's cool. I mean, it makes the most sense <laughs> since it's about fractured timelines and the Kelvin universe is most certainly a fractured timeline. Oh, for sure. And I, I think this is a neat way to just integrate more stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that, you know, the CBS All Access platform will get a boost. I'm always up for more content. Yeah, exciting time to be a Star Trek fan. Even more reason. I'm, I just, I feel so happy. (laughs) (laughs) But God, I remember back in the day when they still had Viacom stores, like there's a Viacom store in Chicago. Yeah. I, I got to see uh, Jerry Ryan there. Oh yeah. You did tell that story before. I have. Yes. Yes. Right. Well, I didn't like meet her, meet her, but I got to see something else, which was cool. So (laughs) 
yeah. So yeah, that's cool. I did, I don't think there was a Viacom store in in Boston or the surrounding mm. area. I, I miss I actually missed the Paramount logo at the end of uh, the TV shows. Oh yeah, where it's like yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. I actually missed that too. That wow, that that's super nostalgic. Yeah, heck, there could even be a Kelvin timeline TV show. Oh man, don't <laughs> don't uh, don't play with my heartstrings like that. Actually, funny enough, I just finished an Amazon Prime exclusive series called the boys oh dude i saw the first episode of that it was great and i love that carl urban and simon Pegg are like together again but not really <laughs> yeah yo but it threw me for a loop hearing simon Pegg's american accent it's weird isn't it it's so weird it's like that should not be coming out of your mouth it's it it really threw me for a loop i was like this is strange (laughs) yeah yeah but But, uh, i mean it it it's really convincing yeah yeah no if if i didn't know what he should sound like right (laughs) and also carl urban sounded weird to me because i'm i know him mostly from star trek right and um in dread which he's has an american accent in in those and here it's just like his uh his normal uh new zealand or australian accent i i don't know where he's from yeah yeah it's actually funny because it's it's not a spoiler but uh there's a character in later on in in the boys uh in a later episode uh that says he has a nice accent (laughs) <laughs> so I thought that that was pretty funny. He was like, oh, love the accent. That's great. Apparently, the character that Simon Pegg plays, yeah, the art in the comic book was inspired by Simon Pegg. So it was... Get out. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't even know that. I was like, is that really Simon Pegg? So I had to... I Googled. I was like, maybe it's just someone that looks a lot like him. So I googled it. I was like, "Oh, Simon Pegg," and then I'm reading. I'm like, "Oh, they wanted him to be in the in this show because he's based on the character." I was like, "Oh, that's great." Oh my god, I'm looking at a picture now. Holy crap! Wow. It. That, yep. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. That is crazy. Did you like the boys? Oh, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, it was a crazy ride. Mm-hmm. And I got to the eighth episode. I actually thought it was like a 10 episode series. Oh, yeah. So I'm watching the literally the season finale. And I was like, oh, wow, what an what an awesome cliffhanger. Time to queue up the next episode. And I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's got a fantastic cliffhanger. But even before the show debuted, it was already renewed for a second season, okay. which they are filming right now. That's good. I, I still haven't gotten past the first episode yet. I, I'm a little traumatized from, from that episode. It's uh, the, the first episode was pretty heavy, but I, I promise that it lines up in certain aspects, and it's definitely a dark humor type of show. Yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, the intrigue keeps going. And, and yeah, so anyways, back to Star Trek. But <laughs> but Carl Urban and Simon Pegg, if you're a fan of them from the Kelvin Timeline movies, uh, definitely check out The Boys. Uh, Carl Urban is fantastic in this show. And you get to see his naked ass. Oh. If that's something you're into. Spoiler so. alert. <laughs> I'm just telling you, be prepared for that. <laughs> uh, man, something to look forward to. A lot of asses in this show. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to my favorite yes. segment of the show. Eric, would you buy this? I would actually totally buy this. Would you? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm on the fence, but it's. Uh, I think maybe I would if I got it on sale. Yeah. No, I. yeah, I would. I would definitely... I would definitely go for that. Yeah. Oh, the the pre-sale ends today, actually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, you're too late. It's too late. <laughs> you're going to have to pay $10 more. But what are we talking about? We're talking about an app-enabled Star Trek interactive Tribble. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a cool app. Uh-huh. Uh you can actually have you been to their page i have yes i loved the video <laughs> the video was hilarious no it's cool i'm surprised that this hasn't like been developed sooner yeah i mean we've got tribbles that have you know make sounds and stuff mm-hmm. but nothing to this level of interactivity right i i would imagine even like a remote control like not an app, but just like a remote control oh, yeah. where you could like press things to make it do certain stuff. But this is like fully featured. Before we continue, the pre-order price, which if you're listening to this, you've missed, is fifty nine ninety nine, and it will regularly sell for sixty nine ninety nine via Science Division shipping in twenty twenty. And I think this is a great item. I was looking at their about page. It's actually uh, co-founded and co-owned by a husband and a wife team uh, that loves science fiction. So I think this is a, a neat product that they got licensed. It's because it is licensed. Right. And I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it has three modes and an attack button. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So it on duty. Each time you move your tribble, it will determine if you're a Klingon or not, and it will trill or scream accordingly. I didn't realize that that purring sound was referred to Trilling. as trill. Yeah. At ease mode, each time you pick up your tribble, it will acknowledge you <laughs> with a trill and a gentle <laughs> vibration. Oh. <laughs> Leave it sitting next to you, and it will trill every so often letting you know it's alive oh that's good watchdog mode your triple screams every time it is moved so you can place it on top of an object Mm -hmm. and it will screech at anything that uh interferes with it and finally attack button make your triple scream at a friend as though they were klingon through a button in the app no matter what mode the triple is on um i'm i would be more concerned about getting these after that star trek uh short treks trailer (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh no i think this is fantastic and wow did oh my god did you see the bottom of the page there's like a triple in vegas photo set i i'll have to take a look just go down the page it's 
I don't know what this is about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, it was um, probably from Star Trek uh, Las Vegas. Exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, well, that one's a little risque. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Interesting. I'm glad that they have some humor in it. They're... Their Instagram page is pretty funny too. They've got a lot of humorous uh, pictures on there. That's that's. I'll have to check that out. That's cool. I know uh, my wife is into Tribbles. Have, oh, that's good. We have a couple of them. So I don't know. I've got I've got like three Tribbles. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a Tribble coming out from Hallmark this year as well. You know what? I think I think this is truly the year of the Tribble. Uh, yeah, no doubt, huh? Wow. <laughs> Hey, I love me some Tribbles. Yeah, that's so, that's good. It's about time. Yeah, it's about it's really about Tribble representation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we move on to the topic of the show? Absolutely. And I think Star Trek has taught everyone that watches it anyway mm-hmm. a lot about the human condition and what it means to be human. Yeah. We've talked about this numerous times in the past, how you can use science fiction situations and aliens to give people an outlet to examine themselves through a different lens. Exactly. I think it's fitting that we did this for the 101 episode. So Star Trek 101. Nice. I see where (laughs) you're going with that. I I just got it. I, I try on occasion. And, and sometimes you succeed. Yeah. We broke this down into a couple of different uh, categories. And uh, I think we'll just kind of move move along. Some of these on here are also from Mr. Dewey, who I am not sure will make the show. Oh, shoot. Really? Well, we'll see. <laughs> it's, it's getting kind of late now. Yeah. And uh, truck waits for no one. Indeed. So before, um, I guess before we totally dive into the topic, what is probably the most important lesson that that you've learned from Star Trek? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, we can always revisit it. So I always, I, I kind of touched on this on the last episode. Mm-hmm. I always related to the character of Data. Yeah. Uh, especially in that episode... The name of it escaped the one where there's a little boy who lost his parents and kind of has data as kind of like a role model and he starts mimicking him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always related a lot to that episode. Mm. And I think compassion, it's, it's weird. I don't know if you can learn compassion, especially from a character that is completely emotionless. I, I, I think I think compassion can be learned. Yeah. Especially at an at an early age. I don't see why it couldn't. Yeah. I think more people need to learn it. No, that's that's very true. So I think compassion and caring towards other people mm-hmm. is my my biggest takeaway from Star Trek. Mm. But yeah, how about you? You know, I just growing up with Star Trek it was always, at least in the beginning, always about like the flashy effects, the cool mm-hmm. aliens. Yep. And then it w- really wasn't until like D Space Nine and more importantly Voyager, at least for me, 
where I really started to appreciate the lessons of Star Trek. And I think the most important lesson that I learned from it, and that's not to say Star Trek was the only thing that taught me this. I I have two wonderful parents who Mm -hmm. um, I think did a pretty good job of raising me and, and teaching me right from wrong and that kind of thing. But one thing that Star Trek really highlighted for me was that Every, every living person or, you know, in Star Trek's case, any sentient being Mm -hmm. really deserves a chance to be their best selves Mm. and they have value, right? Everyone has value. And that is the thread through Star Trek from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, like in, in discovery, I think they're really doing a good job of highlighting that aspect. Everyone listens to each other. There's, even though there's disagreements, people still respect each other's opinions and they respect them as people. And I think that's really one of the most important lessons that, that Star Trek taught me. It's that every, every being has value Mm -hmm. and, you have to give them the opportunity to rise up to to become the best self that they can be. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I don't think there can be a wrong answer. Oh, no. I, there's so many lessons that people get out of Star Trek or get inspired by different things. I mean, just think of all the, you know, scientists who went on the path to become scientists because of Star Trek. It's definitely an inspirational show, and I think it makes you want to achieve the future that they represent. So the first bullet point we have here, moral compass. Mm. And I think now more than ever, people need to watch... They need a better better moral compass, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes, we'll go with that. So uh, here are some examples from Star Trek. Mm. Probably one of the most known. Yes. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Or the one. Wrath of Khan. Yeah. I always really liked this. It really just goes to show that there's a bigger community than just yourself. Mm -hmm. Especially in, in a time of crisis or a situation that is bigger than yourself it's always better to try and help as many people as possible. Right. And just think about all the, all the emergency personnel and Mm -hmm. doctors that do this on a daily basis. It's crazy what they go through. I can Mm -hmm. imagine dealing with, you know, a fraction of what they have to deal with day by day. And I think, you know, that, that goes to show, people like that have a strong moral compass or they should, if they're in those types of positions. Right. And thank you to all those people out there. Absolutely. Uh, the next one is always answer the distress call. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, there's been many instances in star Trek, but yeah, I think this is an important lesson too. Like if someone's asking for help, you have that moral obligation to provide that help if you're in a position to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one thing if if it's going to put yourself at risk, mm-hmm. but if you can safely help someone, you should you should do it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Or, hey, maybe it might not be safe. I mean, that's people Um, also risk their lives to help others, too. That's true. Uh, Firefighters. Yeah. Police. Military. Technically, they're answering distress calls every day. That's very true. That's very true. Once again, thank you for doing that, all those who do so. Next, TNG, the drumhead. There's a lot going on in that episode where we have witch hunts and people trying to make people pay for the crime of their ancestors yes and that you know, happens today still mm-hmm. and i think this episode kind of spotlights that it's amazing how relevant star trek is even now episodes that came out oh, yeah. 30 40 50 almost 60 years ago yeah especially the drumhead it was more that kind of courtroom type uh, episode mm-hmm. but tng did that before with measure of a man right with this episode especially blaming someone just because of their heritage or you know their genetic makeup is as you said it's it's still relevant even today and i'm definitely gonna have to rewatch this episode i know it's been a while for me but yeah this is one of those heavy episodes that it has people fighting for someone's moral integrity Mm -hmm. too right i haven't seen the whole episode recently but i often go on youtube to watch picard speeches oh i can't wait till we get one or two of those in picard yeah (laughs) oh so good but i always watch that speech he gives when the admiral is like questioning picard Mm -hmm. She starts bringing up the Borg and asks him if he's fully recovered and just like pounds him. And then he goes yeah. into the speech that her father actually said. Yes, where where he says, uh, you know, there are some words I've known since I was a schoolboy. Yes. With the first link, the chain is forged. The first speech censured. The first thought forbidden. The first freedom denied. Chains us all irrevocably. Those words were uttered by Judge Aaron Satie as wisdom and warning. The first time any man's freedom is trodden on, we're all damaged. That's powerful. Very powerful and how relevant today. Absolutely. Oh, God. I I may have to just pop this episode on this weekend and and watch it. It's such a good episode. It really is. Next, uh, don't blindly follow orders or rules if you know they are wrong. Mm. You see them breaking the Prime Directive right? a lot. I don't know about any particular... Oh, well, actually, no. <laughs> Data does say to hell with our orders in Star Trek First yep. Contact because they know that they hold the key to potentially defeat the Borg. Yeah, and you know where this can apply to the real world where you may be asked to do something at your job or wherever you may be to do something that you feel is wrong. And I think those are situations where, where people should speak up and question those things. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes a brave person to stand up to things like that, especially at the risk of either losing a job or, you know, losing someone's favor, that kind of thing. Right. But if there is a true strong moral compass, I think it makes standing up for what you think is right easier. 
The next one is giving up freedoms or rights for quote unquote security is always wrong. Uh, that was a big theme throughout Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Also, Discovery Season 2, among others. There's a great quote from Pike from this past season that says, giving up our values in the name of security is to lose the battle in advance. Mm. I love that line. I love that moment in the show. One of, obviously, the most relevant things to happen in the real world is Look what happened after 9/11. There were a lot of a lot of freedoms, quote unquote, that were given up because of security. Right. In some instances, in 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 some instances, you know, there were positive results of that, but in other instances there weren't. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the more that we try to do things in the name of protection or security, but we lose either what makes our country great or what makes our personal freedoms great. Where's the trade-off? Like, mm-hmm. are are you willing to pay the price for that trade-off? Are you okay with it? Right, and we've seen this in other sci-fi, other than Star Trek, oh, all, like all the time, like V for Vendetta. There's there's so many, and there was some in Enterprise. I think. I mean, that was right around the time of. 9/11. Oh yeah, I, Enterprise is a is a good example of that as well, especially with like the whole Terra Prime thing in yeah. season four towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, they dealt with a lot of xenophobia right. in because of season three and four. So yeah, it's like sure we all want to be safe and secure, but if we're giving up what makes us human or what makes us free then i think we need to question those things right so yeah there's a there's a lot of morality issues in star trek that they that they bring up and i think that's one of the you know pillars of star trek next we have exploration of the unknown which what does it does it even need to be said yeah uh, to boldly go where no one has gone before. And that's pretty much in every Star Trek incarnation. Yeah. Another one that I thought was really cool was from All Good Things. Q mentions exploring the unknown possibilities of existence. Oh, man. I, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a great line. And um, I hope that we see more of that in in picard and maybe some other other star trek series to come yeah you know it's it's really easy for star trek to fall into that you know biz wang shoot em up but you know i really hope that they take the time to you know explore more of these higher concept things instead of mwahaha i want to destroy the earth or whatever mm-hmm. yeah star trek is all about exploration and not only exploring the universe, but exploring what it means to be human. Right. There's so many characters in Star Trek, like Data, like Seven of Nine, like Spock, that they're either not human or partially human or don't know about their humanity. And it's not only exploring space, it's exploring your own identity. It's exploring mm-hmm. the your, how you think about things. And that's one of the b- 
big reasons I love Star Trek is just there's so much that just us in the real world, we don't know that we're still figuring out. And that's why science like fascinates me so much. It's because there's just so much that we don't know. The universe is so big and it's getting bigger. You can't even fathom it. Yeah. It's you can't even fathom events it. <laughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> I I don't know what else we could say about it. I mean, I think you just need to continue continuing to learn, I think, mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. the takeaway from that. You just need to, you know, don't be complacent and fall into like, oh, we're we're at the top of the food chain and uh we can do whatever we want. No, we we need to continue to do research and and see where we fit in the universe. Exactly. Uh, hopefully before we all kill ourselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed on that. Uh, I'm worried about the future. Um, moving on uh, to uh, another really big uh, lesson from Star Trek is that diversity is healthy. Mm-hmm. There's multiple instances throughout every Star Trek series about multiracial and multi-species crews working together to solve problems. Yeah, and one of the things that I think of often is from one of the greatest episodes of the original series, Balance of Terror. Oh my God such a great episode and we, we did a commentary on that right um we I may have we, we may have if we haven't we should i think we did do one yeah but that line that kirk says uh you know bigger tree does there's no room on the bridge for bigger tree I, i'm butchering yes. the line but you know leave your big bigger tree in your quarters there's no place for it on the bridge yeah yeah i mean that has always stuck with me and I don't like the original series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's something that Star Trek has obviously always explored. It's another cornerstone of what Star Trek is about. The original series, what they were able to do in the 60s, just because of the makeup of the bridge crew was revolutionary. Yeah, they were definitely pushing the limits of what they could do. And... I think Discovery is continuing to carry that torch a little. Are you saying they're they're torchbearers for diversity? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, snap! I am now. <laughs> um, a little, li- you know, better late than never. But we have right. some representation from uh, the you know the gay community with yes. you and Stamets. Which is good. You know, they kind of try to play with that in the next generation a little bit. And in Deep Space Nine, sort of. But, you know, finally. And I think it's it's because it's a sign of, of the times. It's a sign of just us as a society growing mm-hmm. and becoming more, more accepting and... Again, it all goes back to respect and treating people like people. We're all humans. And it just, it, it really boggles my mind when, you know, we're fighting all these wars, when 
we really need to be saving the planet. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think if we just, you know, stopped and just think about people as people, we all come from different backgrounds. Every situation is different. I just think if we all just showed a little bit more understanding and compassion, my God, the things that we could do. I couldn't agree more. And it's okay to be different. It is okay to be different. We have so many characters that are kind of have their quirks, like uh, Tilly. But I think everyone loves Tilly for the most part. Yeah. We have Data, who is, you know, completely different than anyone else. Bashir, who is um, different. Genetically modified. Genetically yeah. modified. So, I mean, unique individuals who can be considered odd to some, but they are still accepted by all. And, you know... It's because of those differences or because of their oddities that give them a unique perspective in situations. Mm -hmm. How many times has Tilly come up with an off-the-wall solution because of her different perspective? Or Data because of his capabilities as a very unique android? Or Bashir because of his mental capacity as... As a genius level, you know, genetically modified person, he was very eccentric too. like kind of had his own quirks and was annoying and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah. especially early on. But at the end of the day, they still did their job. They still forged relationships and they were treated all as equals as it as it should be not not despite their differences, but because of them. Mm, that's a good line. Where's that from? <laughs> from me. I just said that right now. <laughs> you know what? I was trying to unpack my boxes that contain books in them because I actually have a Star Trek quote book. Oh. That would have been freaking perfect for this episode. And I'm so mad at myself that I could not find it because the book was broken down into different categories. Oh, yeah. Like this. And I was like, why can't I find this book? <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Oh, man. Oh, wow. If only. If only. <laughs> if only. So good. One thing we don't have on here that I'm going to interject really quickly. Go ahead. And I think we've kind of circled around this already, but taking care of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And. Because <laughs> if, if we don't, we are effed in the A. <laughs> yeah. And I think the greatest example of this from Star Trek is Star Trek for the voyage home. Oh, my God. That was a perfect example of saving the planet. <laughs> yes. And, but here's the thing. It's kind of ironic because I think the whales are fine right now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard much about that, actually. I I, I, I saw some, uh, what is it, Planet Earth or Planet Water, yeah, yeah. you know, one of those specials. And I think the whales are doing okay. It's just the rest of the stuff that we have to worry about now. <laughs> you know what? I think Star Trek needs to make another one of those films. Because obviously yeah. it was because of Star Trek. That's why the whale population is, uh, is of course, you know, thriving now. George and Gracie. Yeah. So we need we need another one of those films. But for the whole planet. <laughs> right. Well, we can take it. You know, a piece piece at a time. A piece at a time. Moving to our next uh, bullet point. 
listen to others. Uh, mm. Every captain relies on their crew and turns to them when they don't know the answer. Because no one's perfect. Right. And I don't think people should pretend to know everything. I thought Pike was a great example of this this last season. Mm-hmm. He was truly collaborative. And we saw what a difference that was to, like, say, Lorca's command style. Oh, yeah. It was very night and day. Also listening to others, you know who's a really good listener? Guinan. Oh, yeah. No, that's very true. Her whole species were listeners. Mm-hmm. And I think when you give people a chance to either vent or if yes. you're open to hearing or listening about their problems... Sometimes that's all someone needs is someone to listen to them. They might not want your advice. They just want someone to listen to them. Right. And I think that's really important. Right. And Star Trek definitely thought so with the addition of counselors on on the ships. And like you said, Guinan, great example. Better than Troy in that regard, I think. Yeah. Not not her fault. Um but yeah, I think uh, we've we've mentioned this in prior episodes, definitely when we were talking about uh, Discovery Season 1 with mm-hmm. all the stuff that went on with Tyler, all the, the PTSD. Yes, yes. He should have sought counseling, which I don't think he got on the Klingon homeworld. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say no to that one. <laughs> Uh, so there's probably a lot messed up with Tyler and I thought, or I hoped we would have seen some of that get resolved this season. Uh, obviously we didn't, but that's fine. We have section 31 to look forward to. Do we? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see, right? We'll see. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Communication is key. Mm. Finding a way to communicate is not always easy. Just ask Picard and the other captain oh my God. <laughs> from the episode Darmok. Wasn't his name Darmok? No. No, that was the. I don't think it was Darmok because he was like Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Oh, that's right. That's right. The, that the was. Captain, dude. <laughs> oh, uh, Dathan. That was his name. Nathan. Well, I know what? I actually have his action figure. Oh. From the I, I think I do too. Yeah, the Playmates action figure. But, uh, <laughs> so back in the day, back in the 90s, at my mom's old work, there was a, a guy who worked there. He was a counselor, actually. And mm-hmm. one day we were talking about Star Trek, and he said his favorite episode was this episode, Darmok. Mm. And I can totally see that. You know, it's... It's hard enough when you know the same language to be able to talk to one another and get your mm-hmm. point across. Imagine not having any point of reference to a language and trying to figure out what what's going on. Right. Um, Do you know who Dathan's actor is? Mm. He played Captain Terrell in Wrath of Khan. Oh, Yes, no, I feel like I knew that. Paul Edward uh, Winfield. Yes, the the one that um, had the ear thing in it. Yep. Yeah, the ear bug. Yeah, that's yeah. him under all that makeup. Yeah. I feel like I did know that. But yeah, that's um, 
good acting. Very good acting. No, that Darmok was an incredible episode. It is. It's one of those episodes when I was younger I didn't appreciate. Just like Inner Light. Oh, yep. I thought when I, when I was a kid, I thought this episode was so freaking boring. Yeah. But watch it now. I'm like, this is one of the greatest hours of television. Yeah. It's it's amazing what age will will do to your perspective. Absolutely. Uh, the next one, uh, a big lesson from Star Trek when they don't necessarily say this, but uh, don't be a dick. <laughs> Indeed. Also known as Will Wheaton's Law. Yes, I I do remember that. Yeah. Or in the words of Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. Yes. One of my favorite quotes in relation to don't be a dick comes from Star Trek First Contact, my my hands down favorite Star Trek movie, where it's a quote from Zephram Cochran, but said by Will Riker because it's a quote from Zephram in the future, but he's telling his past self. Uh, so don't try to be a great man, just be a man and let history make its own judgments. So if you're not a dick, then, you know, history isn't going to say, well, he wasn't a dick. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, you, you know what I mean? It's like, don't put this reputation forth where you come off as a tremendous dick, like, Mm -hmm. No, no, but but for real, it's like if if you start to get that reputation, then that's the first thing that people know about you because they heard it instead of forming their own impression of you. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And there there's so many situations where maybe you're having a bad day. You don't need to pass that bad day on to someone else by, you know, being mean to someone just because you're not in a good mood. Exactly. So yeah, next up, sometimes lessons are confusing. And as a bullet point here, we have, I don't believe in a no-win scenario. And then we have, it is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness. That is life. And that's from TNG Peak Performance. They're unclear in the moment. Yeah. But again, it comes back to time and perspective. Right. Because you may not know the lesson you're supposed to learn yet, but it may take a few days or it may take years Mm. to look back and say, oh, either that's what I should have done or that's the lesson I could have gleaned from it. And you just continue to learn. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think you shouldn't dwell on things. Uh, right. That definitely causes anxiety, and uh, I don't know about everyone out there, but I have a ton of anxiety over the silliest things that I have no control over. So just don't dwell on things. Mm-hmm. I would say live like Picard says in Star Trek Generations. It's a lesson about time. Yep. Uh, he says uh, someone once told him time was a predator that stalked us our lives, but I prefer to think as time as a companion that's with us on the journey to remind us to live in the moment because mm-hmm. they'll never come again. That's a that's a powerful lesson. Indeed, Picard is just so awesome. Finally, I think the biggest lesson from Star Trek: God never needs a starship. <laughs> why why did you put that <laughs> <laughs> i i thought it was funny i could be wrong but uh as you know hey, i i have not encountered any godlike beings 
in the galactic rim or the galactic center. center. And if you do, and they want your starship, <laughs> uh, you you better question that. Yeah. Really? From the worst Star Trek movie ever? Well, we have to learn something. If we don't learn from our mistakes. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. That was a huge mistake <laughs> in, in the Star Trek canon. Yes. If we don't learn from our mistakes, we'll be destined to repeat them. Remember to always cut out the rock monsters. <laughs> no, I think they should have left them in, man. I think that would have made the movie better. Have you seen what those costumes look like? <laughs> I did uh, in one of the Art of Star Trek books I have. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, There's yeah. definitely a still photo of that. Um, it's bad. It's horrible. Yeah. Well, you know, modern graphics could fix that. I'm not saying that they should remaster. It would take a lot to fix that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, very true. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um that ends our our lessons for today and let's move on to, sure. our, to our subspace channels and this time we asked what life lessons have you learned from watching star trek on twitter at comic grotto said i've learned the picard way of doing things when something difficult comes up or something that makes me mad i want to flip out i ask myself what would Picard do? WWPD. <laughs> and I've definitely seen that online somewhere. Oh, yeah. Picard is such an iconic character. That's why That's why he gets his own series. Yeah. I, yeah. How many other Star Trek characters have their <laughs> own series? Not many, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, uh, Shatner doesn't. Or Kirk, rather. Hey um, <laughs> great answer that comes from my friend Anthony. And then from my friend Jeremy, if you want to want to read that one. Indeed. Jeremy Walker from Facebook says, Star Trek gave me a moral compass. It taught me to try and do the right thing by other people whenever you can. How would Picard, Janeway, etc. handle this isn't a bad question to ask yourself when things are tough. That's why I always drink coffee in the morning and oh. and try to start my day the good way. Indeed. <laughs> I actually had a cup of coffee before the podcast. Oh, very nice. Good. I was I was offered some iced coffee by my wife and I forgot to grab it on the table before I started recording, oh. which is something I instantly regret now. <laughs> very unfortunate. <laughs> I feel for you. Uh, also from Facebook, uh, Nikki McDonough said, just because you're different doesn't mean you're not important. Emotions are important after all. And you can be beautiful and smart in your own right without falling for the jock. And you can hold it together and get out, out of just about anything with hard work. And if you believe enough, these are based on my three favorite characters. Spock, who was a half-breed, who learned to cope in many unfavorable circumstances. Uhura, a black woman who knew her <laughs> And Scotty, who held it together when everyone else was losing their <laughs> His hard work and faith got them all through some serious scrapes. And he was the only red shirt guy you knew would be there no matter what. 
just a bit on my favorites. And uh, she did the uh, Vulcan salute emoji, which I'm so glad is an emoji. Right. That is a gr- the greatest thing ever. I don't see a Star Wars emoji anywhere. <sighs> Take that, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I love Star Wars, not really, but I appreciate it. Uh, and that actually came from my half-sister. Oh, great. So, yeah. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, so, yeah, I think this has been a fantastic episode this week, Eric. I've learned many lessons. <laughs> as, as did I. Like, remember to grab the coffee off the counter before you podcast. Remember the coffee. Number one lesson to <laughs> from this podcast. <laughs> remember the coffee. Or maybe save the planet because, you know. Or save the planet. Yeah. So that we can have more coffee. Without a planet, we can't <laughs> well, have the coffee. See? We just need a nebula next to Earth. <laughs> right? It's got coffee in there. Indeed. Some Ractagino, please. So, Mr. Mm. Eric. Yes. Mr. <laughs> 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 Eric Berry. If we were to look for you on the internet, how would we find you? You can find me mostly on Twitter and Instagram at TrekkieB47. This is the original TrekkieB47. There are no others, except no substitutes. (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) Uh, You can also find me uh, on my other podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. That's Ranger Command Power Hour, which is a Power Rangers podcast. And you can find us at rangercommand.com and all of our social media stuff is on there excellent and if you were to look for me you can find me on most social network sites at nova charter and you can also go to my website novacharter.com and like i said mr barry it's been a great time this week talking star trek with you indeed i'm Glad that we were able to pass uh, officially the 100 mark. Mm -hmm. This is uh, 101. We're entering a new chapter of the podcast. Indeed. I don't know how much is going to be different, but uh, (laughs) it's a milestone to be sure. So, yeah, this is a lot of fun. All right, sir and everyone else. Until next time, live long and prosper. And keep on trucking. Thank you for listening to the Starfleet Escape podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com, on Twitter and Instagram at sfescapepod, and on facebook.com slash sfescapepod.